0: everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host Jessica Dwyer, and tonight we have two great uh interviews i'm very excited about to share with you uh the first is going to be with director martin owen of the fantastic intergalactic adventures of max cloud or just max cloud it's an amazing movie uh it's so much fun it's a uh, a film that's set in a in the nineteen nineties, uh, early nineties specifically nineteen ninety, and follows a uh, hapless gamer who finds herself sucked into the game um, of Max Cloud uh, that she's playing on something that looks very similar to like a old school Nintendo um, possibly a Nintendo or a Sega but uh, you will definitely enjoy this film it is great I want more of them Um, the cast is fantastic it includes Scott Atkins as Max Cloud John Hanna and uh, Tommy Flanagan just being badass Uh, so 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 good Uh, really enjoyed it I think you'll love the interview with Martin Uh, Martin has done a lot of fantastic films uh, over for the last few years uh one of my favorites that he did was the very darkly comedic la slasher we talk about that a little bit um he just did killers anonymous which also uh had gary oldman in it um he's done twist let's be evil but max cloud is just such a fun flick um for kids my age which are no longer we're no longer kids i hate to tell you this we're in our 40s and half dead so Yay. Any, any return to the innocent youth that we had is always welcome. Um, and so the second interview of the evening is with Mr. Nathan Hanneman, my boss over at Horrorhound, who has a Kickstarter uh, that you still have time to take part in. Um, as of the recording, I believe it was six days left, nine days left. Um, it's very early right now as I record this, so I'm a little tired. Um, But as of this moment, um, it has five days left to go. So I guess it would be six days. Um, I can do math, too. Uh, But five days left. They have met their goal, but they still have five days left to get even more and they keep adding goodies and things for you to um, have as a perk. Uh, The book is called Halftone Horrors. It's all about the history of horror movie movie comic book tie-ins and there's some amazing stuff. Just looking at the website, um, you can go to halftonehorrors.com and check out just the beautiful artwork that's in this book um, from these comics and it is so great. So we do get to talk to Nathan about making this and why he made it, what inspired him to. And um, good on you, Nathan. Um, they've, they've beat their goal and they still have a week left. So uh, you can also get this as a Christmas gift and just tell the person, hey, it's going to be about a month or so, but you'll be getting this and it's definitely worth buying. Um, But before we get into the interviews, holy Christ, did Disney and Marvel and Lucasfilm and just dump uh, amazing news on us yesterday. Um, Just so much good stuff to go over. um, I'm going to try and break it down with the stuff that just really stood out for me. Um, but uh, you can go to d23.com and w- it will list off literally everything that was announced during um, the Disney Investor Day. Uh, holy Christ, there was a lot. So um, before we get into the really good juicy meat uh, and gritty of the uh, the Lucasfilm and Marvel stuff, uh, there's some things that I wasn't uh, expecting that they were going to do and they've announced. Uh, so... One thing that I'm trying to figure out how they are going to do this is, since, you know, um, Gaston kind of died, is they're doing a Beauty and the Beast live action uh, series um, with Luke Evans and Josh Gad. Uh, Alan Minken is coming back to do the music, but didn't he die? I I thought Gaston died. Wasn't that a thing? Um... They're coming back with Swiss Family Robinson, which Ron Moore and John John M. Chu will be doing. Um, but they're also going to be doing a, a series based off of the Percy Jackson and the Olympians books, which is wow. Um, that's going to be intense and not cheap. Uh, the other one that um, for just the... Uh, you know, not Marvel and Star Wars related, that stood out for me was they're, <laughs> they're doing the Mighty Ducks uh, Game Changer series and they're actually bringing back Emilio Estevez, which makes me very happy. Um, so they are doing a Mighty Ducks TV series. Uh, National Geographic, which um, Disney owns because they own everything, um, will be doing a documentary film on Jean Cousteau. Uh, they're going to also be doing um, a Chris Himesworth Hemsworth, however you want to say it, series called Limitless with Chris Hemsworth. Uh, Welcome to Earth, which I'm laughing because they're talking about Will Smith being the guy to narrate that, so maybe it should be called Welcome to Earth. Um, I'm sure everybody's made that joke now. I'm behind. Um, Then there's uh, FX is, of course, doing the American American Horror Stories. If you didn't know FX, because Disney bought 20th Century Fox they now own that I love the fact that Facebook's the one that everybody's saying is a is like a, a behemoth uh monopoly but this is going on uh they also did uh, say that why the last man will be available on Hulu in 2021 I haven't seen much in the, um being talked to about that but I'm really excited for that uh so let's see here Uh, Of course, the other thing that they announced that made everybody go, holy shit, is the Alien TV series. Um, That is going to be exciting. I'm very, very stoked. Uh, They're also doing a TV series about the Rolling Stones called The Stones. Um, But let's get into it. Let's get into the Star Wars Lucasfilm announcements. Of course, the one that surprised God and everyone is the fact that the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is going to have Hayden Christensen returning as Darth Vader. There's no specifics. We don't know if he's gonna be in the suit. Is he just gonna be in flashbacks? What's the deal? But they have announced that in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series starring Ewan McGregor, that we will in fact be getting Hayden Christensen, Hayden Christensen is back. And um, they did announce as well, the Rangers of the New Republic series um, They're saying that it's going to be the the Cara Dunn is going to be, um, or Cara Dune, however you want to say it, is going to be in that. I don't know. They kind of are setting up some stuff um, with Bill Burr's character um, to make it kind of like he may be in this too. I, I love him, he's great. So no specifics really other than it's gonna be set during the same time as the Mandalorian series. Ahsoka, um, Asaka Ahsoka Tano is getting her own series um, with Rosario Dawson, of course, reprising her fantastic turn as that character. She's getting her own live action series. Again, it will be set during the time of the Mandalorian. Um, Andor was announced. We got to see some actual footage of where they're filming. It looks amazing. Of course, we all know how the history ends, so that's kind of sucky that they killed him off. Surprise, if you haven't seen Rogue One. Um, But this is going to be the lead up. It's going to be 12 episodes, I believe, leading up to how he became uh, who he was in Rogue One. I'm really excited about that. I, I think it's going to look, it looks amazing. Um, they also announced the Star Wars The Bad Batch uh, cartoon uh, that looked super great during um, set during and after the Clone Wars. Uh, the um, Orlando series is coming, uh, which I had no idea about. And God, I hope they get Donald Glover because that would be awesome uh then uh there's a couple other ones uh the star wars vision series the acolyte and a droid story um but the ones that we actually got to see some stuff of is uh was the bad batch which was a fantastic trailer um and we got to see them um, actually I think they were showing some shots, they showed some concept art and then they showed the making and the stage and everything of that. So that's really really cool. Uh, Lucasfilm also announced the. Um, we knew this was coming But they actually um, had a logo and a little bit for it of the Willow TV series, which was funnily enough, um, I don't know if you guys know, I'm working with Joe Blow now and I'm doing a series on there um, called Fantasizing About Fantasy Films, all about 80s fantasy. And we had literally just dropped the newest episode Which was all about Willow today, or actually yesterday, as of this recording, when this all got announced. We had no idea that they were going to be doing a bunch of stuff like this in terms of announcing Willow. So that worked out well. (laughs) Um, But the big one, and the really cool one, and I've got my fingers crossed for this, was the fact that they're doing a Rogue Squadron movie feature film for December of 2023. Directed by Patty Jenkins, who is the director of both Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 84. And the, t- the setup they did for that was so great with her um, inline skating. And then she's talking about how she grew up with her dad as a fighter pilot. And how um, he died in service to the United States. And she goes to her car and she said, you know, I've always wanted to combine the two things. I love going fast and star wars and now i get to and she is actually putting on her flight suit um for a uh, x-wing pilot and she's walking and in, in the distance are the x-wings yes i loved it it was great uh they are in fact um so yes patty jenkins go watch that it's beautiful uh, and i'm hoping we get a wedge antilles movie out of that We'll see. I don't know, um, not really more known about it. It's Rogue Squadron and we don't know any characters or anything. It's, it's um, about two years away at this point, Three years away. Um, also, they announced that Indiana Jones was being directed by James Mangold and that Tikika Watiti um, will be doing a new Star Wars feature. Uh, we knew Indiana Jones was coming uh, but Tikika Watiti, Tikka I never can say his name right, but he's so pretty. Um, We'll be doing that new Star Wars feature. No other word on that. That's pretty much it. Um, Random really cool things that were also announced. There was so much. I don't even know how to keep it all straight. Hocus Pocus 2 is in fact going to happen. And they've announced it. They're doing a Three Men and a Baby remake. Um, Don't ask me why. Keeper by the Dozen too, And... Um, Whoopi Goldberg is coming back, um, with a new Sister Act film, with Tyler Perry producing. (laughs) Um, then they did a reveal for the Pinocchio, um, that's coming, and, um, they're also doing Peter Pan and Wendy, with Jude Law as Captain (laughs) Hawk. Sorry, I had to take a moment and think about that. Um so there's a lot of things a lot and lot and lot so let's get to i mean i can't i'd be here all day going over these so i need to skip to marvel because the marvel stuff is really really making me happy and um was so surprised to see that we actually got some footage they uh, did show some shots from Ms. Marvel, which um, looks great. Very, it's um, very diverse uh, series. They're they're doing it right. Um, I'm really stoked for that. Uh, they also did announce uh, they're gonna do new new series with Secret Invasion that's starring Sam Jackson, Ironheart with Dominique Thorne as uh, Ironheart, Armor Wars that's gonna have Don Cheadle and. Uh, as War Machine. So War Machine's getting his own show. They uh, showed more footage from WandaVision, which looks fantastic. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier we got a trailer for. And by God, we finally got Loki. We finally got a a goddamn Loki trailer. And it looks just as good as I could hope. And I cried a little because I've been waiting for it. Um, The animated series, What If?, I think is going to probably be, it's going to end up being my favorite thing I think I really loved and I forgot totally that um that uh, Chadwick Boseman actually filmed this before he passed away and he's T'Challa in it and it's a whole thing where what if T'Challa was Star-Lord that's his what if and you have him on there with uh, Michael Brooker as Yondu who finds him and oh man it's gonna be rough watch um but god it looks beautiful they have Zombie Cap taking on Winter Soldier. They have Doctor Strange fighting an evil version of himself. It looks so good. Um, God, I love it. I can't wait for What If. Um, You know, Ms. Marvel's coming. Hawkeye's coming. We've seen some shots of Haley uh, Steinfeld um, with Jeremy Renner looking great. They look like they walked right out of the comic. Um, She-Hook's coming. Uh... And Mark Mark Ruffalo and Tim Roth are going to be in She-Hulk. So that means Abomination's coming back. Oh my god! Um, Moon Knight is coming, which we knew. Um, Which, uh, of course, has Oscar Isaac. hee And then the other big surprise one that I am ignorantly excited for, just stupid happy, is there is going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And a series of I am Groot shorts, like little baby Groot. But the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, per James Gunn, is in no is going to be live action, and he's already said he's an unabashedly big fan of the Star Wars holiday special. Not un- and not ironically, he I, loves it. So here's to hoping we get Dave Batista singing and and or watching VR porn of. Wookies. I don't know. I mean, if you've seen the Star Wars Holiday Special, you know what I'm talking about. Um, So on top of that, they've officially um, announced that they are redoing and rebooting, and please God, don't let it suck, the Fantastic Four. Um, But um, also they are going to be doing an Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania is the name of it. So the next Ant-Man movie is Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. And we already knew um, Black Widow was coming, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, The Eternals, Doc Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and Thunder we knew, Black Panther 2 we knew, rest in peace Chadwick, Um, we knew Blade... And I have to say it like that because I ripped my larynx out when it was announced. Um, Captain Marvel two is happening, and of course, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three is happening as well. So with those, you kind of just got the logos, um, but that's enough because they look fantastic. So I am a very happy girl, and on top of all of that, we've got a we got a new episode of The Mandalorian at midnight, and uh, that I watched. And was amazing. Um, if you haven't seen it, you can skip over this little bit um, uh, because I got to talk a little bit about that. Uh, spoiler warning: It was so awesome. Um, I was I was very happy to see Bur- Bill Burr back. Um, it was beautifully done, um, and just great job. I love that they put the crew together to do it. I loved Boba Fett in his cleaned up armor. Um, I want the toy. They better goddamn make a toy of that because he looked amazing. Um, it looked great to see the armor just taken care of and and looking, looking great. Um, and then uh, so we had this whole uh, basically the show's a video game and it's fine with me. I love it. Uh, so they went to uh, the the planet where the um, the guys, it ended up having to be Mando and um, I'm just going to call him Bill Burr because he's basically playing himself. Um, yeah, Bill Burr and Mando had to go in uh, undercover. Uh, Mando, as you know, doesn't want to take off his, his suit Or his helmet specifically. No one can see his face. So he swaps out um, to go in. In a stormtrooper outfit. Uh, And they get there. There's a great sequence with. um, The explosives on the trucks. They make it of course. Mando forgets that he's not wearing Beskar. And gets kind of hurt. Because he's a little bit of a screw up. Which I love about him. Uh, So anyway. They get to the facility. To get the coordinates for Moff Gideon's cruiser. And um. When they get there, uh, it turns out that one of the guys that um, that they uh, they the setting in the mess hall where they have to go in and do this is someone that is going to recognize Bill Burr, so he can't um, he can't go in and do it because he for, for whatever reason left his mask off, and uh, so. It turns out, and and you have to, in order to get to the coordinates, you have to show your face. It has to do a facial scan. Uh, So what happens is the man, Mando, decides that he's going to do it. And so we we get to, um, I think it's going to be a once a season thing, sadly, get to see the loveliness that is Pedro Pascal. And he takes off his helmet. And he goes over to the thing and gets scanned. Um, and then lo and behold, the bad guy, after you finally get a good look at him, is actually Richard Brake, who are Brocky, who is actually the first guy who played um, in Game of Thrones. He was the first um, Night King in the show. He played him two episodes, so we had a little mini Game of Thrones reunion between people that are dead on Game of Thrones, and uh, that was awesome, and I was like, that guy! I love that they keep it so secret that we get to um, be surprised by who shows up in in The Mandalorian. It makes me happy. So anyway, things kind of go tits up as they do. Um, and we get a new nickname for the Mandalorian, um, which is brown eyes, which is adorable. And um, Pedro Pascal has one of the best faces. Not only is it handsome and cute and um, just you just want just to hug him. Uh, he does great with his eyes and expressions and, and when you get to see his face. And what was so funny about this is he looks so nervous and anxiety ridden and not knowing what to do um, because he has his helmet off and he doesn't know really how to act because he doesn't he he just isn't used to people seeing him and it's such a great scene because Bill Burr is really in charge and he just goes along with what Bill Burr's saying because he doesn't know what to do here and he's surrounded by Imperials and then Bill Burr just goes fuck it and um (laughs) it <laughs> just does what he does. So it is a lot of fun. Um, it was so good. There's a lot of subtext there. Um, and uh, I really, I really loved it. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, Bando throws down to Moff Gideon. Um, he's coming to get his kid. Uh, so I really, really loved it. It was so fun. Um, the show, the season specifically, is great. And, uh, Way to go, guys. I, I love it. Dave Filani and Team uh, Favreau, they are doing such a great job with this. And uh, it just keeps getting better. It's beautifully shot. We just got a new TV. And holy crap, does it look good 4K. So, uh, and they did announce that there is a third season. But we're literally going to have to wait until the end of the freaking year of 2021 to get it. Which is fine. I'm okay with waiting, I guess. Not really, but I guess I'm going to have to just deal. Um, but yay. Um, and also, we only have, I think, one, one freaking episode left. This sucks. But we had so many good things announced today. I'm good with it. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm good with it. We've got it. We've got a lot of stuff to look forward to. And um, we'll get more Pascal uh, on... Christmas Day because Wonder Woman 84 will be streaming and we'll be able to see him as a bad guy so with that i want to welcome my um guests to our interview segments um i want to thank you guys for listening um first up is going to be martin owen the director of max cloud which you really need to see um max cloud comes out this month on vod and later will be available on blu-ray to purchase um as i said it's a great film if you are a fan of um uh, the Last Starfighter. If you're a fan of um, Tron, uh, anything retro, eighties love letters, this is what you, you you need. This. It's such a great uh, movie. I really loved it. The look of it looks like an old directed video, um, an old directed video uh, flick from the nineties, late eighties. It has great music that you will definitely recognize. And just such a great, great movie. Um, Fun. The the choreography is awesome. I can't say enough about it. And uh, so it does release on December 18th. It will be available on VOD uh, streaming and also, as I said, on Blu-ray. So enjoy the discussion I have with Martin Owen. And then stay tuned because right after Martin is Nathan Hanneman talking about the fantastic Halftone Horrors uh, Kickstarter. It, it met its goal today and uh, you still have five days to be a part of it. You really want to. It looks so beautiful. It's lovely and um, super, super intensely packed full of things. Stuff I never even knew existed. I mean, I, I didn't know there was a Lucio Fulci um, zombie comic book tie-in who who would even think of that um this goes over all of those great nightmare on elm street comic tie-ins that there were including the magazine sized ones that they did um this talks about universal monster ones that goes over hammer horror films just beautiful stuff and um, definitely worth backing i can't say enough about it just looks so great so go do that now and i want to thank you again for listening we'll be back um very soon Um, if we don't talk to you before the end of the year i want to wish you a great holiday season a happy new year we've almost made it to the end of this and um i hope you guys are safe uh and you know we're almost over it we're almost there guys we're coming through we're coming through um. so thank you I hope you're safe uh, thank you for supporting me uh, thank you for supporting Fangirl um, and you know uh, if you want to see more stuff from me go for sure go check out Joblo.com fantasizing about fantasy films we've got three episodes up the first is all about legend the second was about the never ending story and the new one of course is about Willow um, I hope you enjoy them definitely let us let us know in the comments if you like them uh, that is on Joe Blow videos. And I uh, always be sure to check out Fangirl um, Fangirl Magazine on YouTube as well for new stuff. And uh, again, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great rest of the year. Stay safe. Um, spread the word, not the virus. And um, here come our interview segments. And thank you again. Hi. Um, Hello. Oh nice my- to meet you. Nice to meet you. Is, now, is that is that max on your shirt or is that arnold schwarzenegger that's
1: oh, arnold that's, oh, arnold. Yeah.
0: that's fantastic <laughs> I, I, I didn't
1: I, I didn't deliberately wear uh, a sort of a, a, a nostalgic t-shirt it was, i had a shirt on and i was getting so hot that i, I thought <laughs> oh god i've got like yeah i've got a talk. Reality we'll show. <laughs> That's fantastic.
0: Well, um, I know I don't have you for very long, and I really want to thank you, uh, you for taking the time to talk to me about this movie. First off, I have to say uh, I am already a fan because I loved La Slasher. La oh, Slasher you. was a fantastic flick. I loved the the dark irony and and everything in it. Um, so this kind of is a lighter, kind of more ironic and fun take on this genre and i have to tell you this was i love this movie you hit everything perfectly and it's such a neat and different take on the whole video game and being inside the game concept what was the process for putting this together for you as a director and writer
1: um well thank you for the kind words by the way i really appreciate that um but but basically um it was it kind of came from this seed of an idea um of this Character and, and um, yeah, and the idea of this character existing in a video game, and then myself and Sally, who I wrote the script with, Sally, Sally Collett, um We, you know, just very quickly were able to sort of like it just some ideas just come together really quickly. You know, where sometimes you sit there and you're like, oh man, I I'm kind of written writers block. It's not working, but this thing was like raw itself because it's so ludicrous, um, and there was so much stuff that I wanted to do in a film like this um, that I think we were almost like mentally oversubscribed for things we wanted to do. <laughs> um, so no, it was just, it was a very organic process. And as I say, it was based on a lot of things that I wanted to do and Sally wanted to do. Um, and we're just fortunate enough to have the opportunity, you know, to, to make it.
0: So I, there's obviously a love for the nostalgia in this. Um, I, 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 the, I love the fact that you used this song from Transformers the movie, but you didn't <laughs> use the one that everybody uses. You yeah. use Dare, yeah. which is great. Um, yeah, yeah. How, what, what did you want to make sure, like, you like what really, in your heart, you're like, I have to have this in here because I grew up with that and I wanted to include it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I mean, yeah. Obviously, like the Stan Bush, the Stan Bush track, Dare. Uh, obviously, like the other one is uh, "You get the Touch." Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> uh, that one. Yeah. Um, but like, I just, I just kind of really like when we were, when we were kind of like um, writing the movie. It was kind of like listening to like songs and things that that I that I was familiar with and Sarah was familiar with to sort of like influence it. And the, the Stan Bush stuff was like something from day one. I was to say, like, "Oh man, we have gotta get this in there." we've got to get this in there because like that that Transformers animated movie was something when I was a kid I remember it having just such a sort of profound effect on me um and and those the songs in the movie always kind of stuck in my head so I was like we've got to use one of these but like, we're doing this properly we need some Stan Bush in there let's just not do this at all
0: <laughs> I actually saw Transformers the movie in the theater I think I was the only girl when it came out oh, wow. and every boy around me was crying Oh, Optimus. And, like, yeah it was like yeah. the, the moment we really realized this is death and But it's, yeah, yeah. it's like in my head I'm like oh they're not gonna kill they'll come back at the end uh and then the at voices. the end of the movie that's when I go oh shit they're they're nope. not coming back. <laughs> no it was
1: nuts it was no I remember like same thing I was like sat in the face of watching it but like I was one of the weeping boys in the cinema like <laughs> And, I remember it was, and it was, the thing was, as well, it wasn't like it was done discreetly in the film. It was kind of like Optimus is there and then he dies and they're weeping and then he <laughs> turns gray, doesn't he? he to yeah, they drained the life like,
0: out of him. <laughs> yeah. It's like nuts. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, we're just, so we're not going to kick your puppy. We're going to throw gasoline on your puppy and light it on fire <laughs> after we kill it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's yeah. what
1: going to do. I was scarred. It's still, I'm still scarred to this day, you know? There, it was uh, oh, traumatic. My God.
0: Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so, it, obviously, growing up, how much, in, you know, you, it sounds like you had, and looking at the, the the pops and things behind you, it's obvious that you grew up loving a lot of the same things I did. Yeah. Growing up, how much influence did, like, say, video games or, you know, just, you know, pop culture, especially sci-fi and, and horror have on you growing up, um, and how does it influence you to this day on what you're doing in the 80s? <laughs>
1: massively i think you know what i loved about movies from the 80s in particular and, and also in the, the early 90s was um just the movies were kind of unashamedly always committed to what they were so you know how kind of like now movies so many movies have to kind of what is the genre of the movie exactly how does that fit in exactly how is that going to be consumed and and you have to do this 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 and the structure of a thriller is this and a drama is this and and i just love the fact that Movies in the 80s, so many movies, just, they just did what they wanted to do. And, and, you know, those movies don't get made anymore. You know, so I, I really wanted to make something that was unashamedly fun, had its own identity, you know, in the same way that movies like The Goonies or The Last Starfighter, but also in like, you know, um, I, I guess Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, it's kind of like the one thing that all those cross genres of movies have is, is they are unashamedly committed to being what they are. You know, and that's something that I just love.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's something about those films just still resonates, and that's why they're they're you know they're still around. People, you you can't you know they can make sequels and they can try to remake it, but there's something special about those films from those decades. And I I totally agree. Um, Now, one thing I wanted—I'm going to talk your ear off, and I'm going to lose lose you here soon, and I can't. Yeah, I got some questions. The quick, fire, the, quick, fire quick fire, quick fire, quick um, fire, quick fire. So the use of the gameplay segments I thought was amazing to do the action scenes. This was so cool how you integrated the video game. Um, how was the process of designing those? And are you ever, you know, would you make a Max Cloud game? Because I want to play that. <laughs>
1: right. Well, do you know what? It, it was, it was, um, with the action stuff, we kind of always the action was always sort of like, each one was slightly different Its cinematography. was a nod to different kind of genres of video game. And then in terms of the overall kind of story of, of the game, like we got to kind of make it in this movie. And I was just like, I was just saying, same thing. I was like, I really want to play this game. Like how, like, I hope at some point that it gets, you know, even if it's like made as like a an iPhone game or something, like a 16-bit style iPhone game, like, I would just love to play this game, you know, because... Yeah. It's it just it's just it really is, in, it's steeped in the way that movies were made. Sorry, that video games were made back then. You know, it's 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 a Sega Genesis game. You know, it re- it really is.
0: Well, and um, the other thing that I loved about this too was kudos for you for showing that vi- girls played video games in the 80s and 90s. Like I grew up on all of them and I thought that was a great way. And it also, it was so cool how you integrated that with Jake and how different that was as a take for them. I really thought that was cool. You you mentioned it once, she kind of freaks out and then she keeps going with this character because 9 times out of 10 you have to play a dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, no it's true. I mean I kind of very exactly what you know exactly what you said. It's it's like I wanted it wanted the, the central protagonist to to, to be to be a female and um because exactly that it's kind of like you know there's as many as many females as males playing those games back in the 80s and the 90s, you know. Um and I I know that myself, you know, I you know, there's, there's people I speak to and friends I have. There's, there's it's not like it's all just all all guys played those games, but then no, it was it was completely balanced. So it was important to me to have a kind of a female protagonist. Um, and then, as you say, with obviously Elliot who plays Jake, it was you know I think it was weird, probably a very strange kind of you know as a as a guy um, in his kind of late twenties playing a character who was a you know kind of seventeen year old female. Um, or maybe he enjoyed it I don't
0: know (laughs) (laughs) he was fantastic by the way and and like certain scenes he just completely reminded me of a young Robert Danny Jr. like I mean he he just really was so good and that kind of leads me to the cast question which is Mm. you've worked with a few of these people before but this cast was so good um, did you write them in mind with this when you were creating Um, uh, or how was the casting for this
1: yeah i think i think we were quite fortunate that a lot of the people the majority of the people that are in the film are the people who really wanted to be in the film and i think the film like this you know like we kind of wrote max is very much wrote with scott in mind i didn't know scott like it wasn't that we were friends or anything beforehand and um i just really could see him doing it and um scott himself said to me you know earlier today said to me you know how how did i was going to be able to do it and it was just it was just a feeling really that that he would be able to, to do it and the same with everyone else with Tommy as, as, as Brock Donnelly and Lashana and John Hanna, um, you know, Sally obviously wrote the role um, uh, of Rexy with herself in mind, which is probably no easy feat actually. And then Elliot, you know, uh, all of them, all, all of the cast, um, we were fortunate enough to really get the people are certainly one of the people who are on a kind of short list so yeah a bit of luck i think
0: <laughs> it was so fantastic i loved how scott was. you know i don't i don't know the choreography was so great for the fight scenes the fight scenes were amazing but i loved how you worked in little things in movements that were so stocked to video games especially like the bouncing in place that made me crack yeah. up when i saw him doing that i'll do that yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um but I, I I absolutely loved it. How difficult was it to choreograph those scenes because you kind of had to how it worked and looked to me was so video gamey as, to use yeah. like a weird word but Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was it, was it, the- it was-
1: it was difficult. I mean, we we were fortunate enough that the 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 actual fight fight choreographer, um, chap Andy Long, he was he's one of the Jackie Chan stunt team and was familiar oh, right. with Scott. So the way we the way we kind of did this was they his team were kind of put together like oh this is what we're going to kind of do here like wow this is great and then we would discuss like how how it needed to work in the context of Max Cloud and and the video game stuff and then in the context of also the characters so. You know, it was it was a, a, a tricky process, but it, it turned out very well. And We were very fortunate that you know the, the, the Andy and the, the stunt, the fight team was brought on board. It's, it was fantastic.
0: Um, you you were so great. I I, I absolutely love this movie. It just was such a neat mix of everything I love. And I gotta tell you, Tommy Flanagan needs his own movie. We need a sequel <laughs> where it's Brock Downey. <laughs>
2: I know
1: right I, I, oh I, I my this, god <laughs> I, I thought I think this as well I, I could I could I've always been able to imagine this sort of like you know yeah Brock, Brock Donnelly interdimensional bounty hunter you know like that's kind of like, I just can really kind of see that as, some, as something so you know if if this this you know film connects with an audience and there's a, there's an appetite for kind of more exploration to the world it's something I would love to do I'm honest
0: Oh, yeah, no, you've got a complete universe here that I, I think fans will love to see it expanded. And he just looked great as a space yeah. cowboy, <laughs> personally, <laughs> as a as a girl. <laughs> so I tell you, good job on the casting. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Martin. This is oh, so fantastic. I can't, I, I'm buying this movie. I loved it. It was so good. I'm telling everybody about it. And um, thank you for making a fun throwback. This was so great. Uh, you did a a fantastic job you guys nailed it thank you Jessica.
1: i appreciate it
0: (laughs) thank you bye-bye take care it's lovely to meet you hey everybody and i want to welcome to fangirl radio again the man behind horror hound magazine as well as the kickstarter of half tone horrors the history of horror movie comic tie-ins mr nathan hanneman and uh they the kickstarter is doing fantastic um but Your time is running short if you haven't backed this project. um, It's going to be ending in, I believe it is six days as of this recording. And um, right now, there are all kinds of of boosts that you can get on there, um, choices that you can do for um, additional pledges, or you can just donate to make it happen. Um, So welcome back, Nathan. I hope 2020 is doing well for you. Um, Looks (laughs) like it.
2: I don't think 2020 has done well for much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, maybe you have to do a book. You, you, you uh, finally did the book you've been talking about.
2: Yeah, I've been talking about doing a book for 15 years.
0: So, first of all, um, what um, what really made you want to do this? Like, it's it's a specific subset of of the comic book world and the horror movie world, and I I love the fact that. Um, you know i collect comics you collect comics but a lot of people never realize just how many poor film tie-ins there were
2: yeah i it's it's kind of funny i can what i'm about to say may sound like i'm bashing our competitors it's not it's not at all and i don't if if anyone ever hears this that works for like roomorg for example um this is just it's a genuine fan you know reaction i love room Org. i read room Org, but i never understood why they didn't focus on horror movie comic books um in retrospect i understand that they're more the horror culture magazine but i was always a horror movie fan i just i just want to know horror movie stuff i i'm a licensing junkie too and i love you you put a um you can put out a reanimator back scratcher as long as it's officially licensed, I'll buy it, you know? Um,
0: <laughs> I'm trying to picture what that would look like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a giant syringe. <laughs> now I want to make that. No, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, um, as a, as a horror movie fan, there was no place to see where, what new movie uh, licensed comics were coming out. And there, there's always, they were always coming out. Um, but no one covered them because I think they were kind of considered like the, the bastard stepchild of, of the, uh, the comic industry. And, and that is a little unfair. I mean, we, I just made a post today, uh, about, uh, Roger Corman had created a cosmic comics and did death race 2020, which I thought um, was ironic. Uh, (laughs) you know, the same team that made martial law, you know, it's, it's. I, I I was doing this thing on um, the versus comics, Leatherface Jason and his, you know uh, other other things. You have you have amazing names like Sam Keith working on, John Bolton working on stuff. Uh, you know the talent that that was involved in a lot of this stuff. Um, but generally, if it you know if it's being covered in a magazine, it's not a licensed movie comic book, and I never understood that. Um, so I worked for. I worked for uh, Tomart Publishing, and when I worked there, I was able to have a Diamond uh, ordering account. So if, if anyone knows how comic, industry, uh, comic book store industry works, you get the previews catalog once a month where you get to place your orders. To me, that was the only magazine I could flip through and find licensed comic book news. Um, but you had to search for it. So it was when we started Horror Hound, I, I just remember sitting down with Aaron Crowell, the managing editor, and saying, we're not going to cover it unless it's licensed movie. We just, I, I'm tired of not being able to find out what's coming out movie license-wise. And, and that was kind of where that started. So um, it I could say that was the early start of the, the book. The, just that concept of the just wanting to, be able to be the place where you can go to find this stuff
0: well and the the one thing that um that we were talking about was the scope of it and how many there existed i'm really curious because i love the john bolton because i believe he's the guy that did the army of darkness painting mm-hmm. just absolutely stunning comic um and one thing that I liked about, um, it's the same with movie tie-in paperbacks, which I collect is you get extra stuff that you won't get in the film. Like they, they will, there will be extra story, extra background and things that happen in the books that, um, that, that don't make it into the film, which is pretty amazing. Um, like I, I love, I I wish they'd do a comic book adaptation of it, but I have the, the paperback to Martin, which mm-hmm. is super rare and, um the same with the Halloween paperback, because that gave you the whole um, cult background of Michael Myers in there. So that's one of the reasons I, I love these. What was the comic that surprised you that you didn't realize existed that you discovered while putting this together?
2: Oh, you know, that's a, the, the scariest thought to me. And, and you, you would know this because um, we've worked together for so long. I, I, I I don't like touching any article unless we can be exhaustive and yes. comprehensive.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, I know. <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll turn stuff down. I mean, we Aaron wanted to start doing video, inv- v- VHS invasion, video invasion, an issue like two, I think. Um, and I, t- I told him flat out. I said no. I gave him strict guidelines for how you know, unless you can give me every every VHS box cover of every company, and we can do one company per issue, that's the only way we'll do it. And he, you know, that challenge, you, he took on and it took until issue 12 before we were able to do the very first one. So um, I get scared at not being complete. Um, you know, it... <laughs> To bring up Morg again, who who were absolutely amazing, by the way, they uh, they covered the book, um, the Kickstarter, um, but they were the only negative review. Aaron and I wrote a book back in two thousand three on horror collectibles, and they they reviewed our book and, and said it was well. I won't get into what they said, but they they basically said it was quaint, it was nice, but it wasn't complete, and I got so angry at the time at that, um, but. Now, having done Horrorhound for 15 years, it, I look back at that review and think, God damn it, they were right. We were, we, that book could be uh, 2,000 pages. And I, I know we wouldn't have everything. I mean, and that's the sad part. Sometimes you, um, and, and you know this as a writer, like sometimes you know you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. But to be a good writer, you have to know what you don't know so you can figure it out. And, and that's kind of where this book kind of led to was, I know enough about the industry. I know enough about what exists. Um, that that would be enough for some people to want to write this book. But to know what you don't know enough to try to do the book is, is kind of, it's, it's a weird way of, of describing it. But it's, it's, it's that kind of um, mentality. Like, I know what I know but I think I know what I don't know. And that's where we kind of had the starting point with it. And what scares me is every time I dig, I mean, I mean, dig into the book, like I'm working on image archiving and stuff like that. I still find stuff. And um, so just, I think it was just today I found something that I just was, I was angry about. And it's something that I would never have found on my own. It, it turned out the, um, we have a guy named Jason Moore who's doing um, 11 by 17 sketch uh, rewards that we just added to the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's worked on comics uh, um, his whole professional life. He worked on the old Leatherface with North Star Comics. He worked on uh, uh, Vertigo's Sleepy Hollow. He worked on the Halloween comic books. He worked for Ebion Press doing Zombie and all the Fulci stuff. Um, but he gave me a list of all this stuff that he's worked on. And there was a title on there. I was like, wait, what's that? <laughs> it was something called the remaining from some company called Kingstone back in 2014. And I was like, is that a movie? And I looked it up and it's a, it's a legitimate horror movie.
0: I, I, well, I a, recognize that name.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's it's like a biblical, like uh, a biblical take on a horror film and a, um, a Christian publishing company who does stories from the Bible, they adapted it into a comic because it's basically about revelations. Um, But it's a horror movie. And it's just one of those weird things where you, (laughs) what scares me is you don't know it's an adapted comic unless you know it's adapted from a movie. And some of the stuff you just don't know exists as a movie, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, and I would that's even so recent too and it's that was a small release if I remember correctly so that the fact that they did a tie-in comic book is kind of nuts
2: yeah I I mean I have the way I'm trying to structure the book from a narrative standpoint is is creating like chapters and one of the chapters is just independent cinema um and you kind of have to break it between classic and and modern um because the classic stuff like willies and um you know, there's some, there's some weird stuff, Sleep Stalker, uh, there's old stuff in the 90s that, that kind of deserves its own spot because of the era it comes in. But there are modern films like 100 Acres of Hell, uh, Bone, Bone Setter, Borderland, Driller, Drive-In Horror Show, you know, uh, Ghoul School, no, Ghoul School's a little older, no future sh- future shock. That's an old one. <laughs> but gold cool, school's modern. How to be a serial killer? Um,
0: How to be or- a serial killer had a comic.
2: Had a comic from uh, Viper Publishing in two thousand eight. Oh, crap. Uh, orphan killer, uh, <laughs> robot ninja, uh, and you know uh, wolf hunter. There's all these weird ones that you just you don't even know they're adapted comic because you don't know they're an actual movie
0: the one i think my favorite and i know i'm pretty sure you i'm i'm almost positive that you have it in there is and i still have mine i bought Mm -hmm. this when the movie came out was the to die for 3d comic
2: oh they did a 2d and 3d
0: yeah i have I, i think i have both but i know for a fact i have the 3d and that was such a uh just a niche little movie that um people keep thinking I'm talking about the Nicole Kidman movie. And I'm like, no, no, (laughs) (laughs) it's not what I'm talking about. They made a comic book off of that. Um, But it's, there's, I, I love it. I, I'm, you'd mentioned the, the scope of the images. Yeah, How difficult was it to like, get your arms around just how much, you know, just, The photos and the imagery for this, because you you do such a great job with with Horrorhound and and putting together the look of it. How did this drive you crazy?
2: Um, the the only thing was why I thought this this because I started working on three different books. I um because I didn't know which book I was going to do. One of the books was uh we we we've wanted to do a volume one of Video Invasion VHS Invasion. Um. So I, I started working on that book, and I realized that um, I'm just not ready for it.
0: It's gonna be big. <laughs>
2: then, yeah, it, and then I started work, cause it can't just be one book, It's that would be too big. The way I wanna do it, it has to be volumes. Um, and I knew I wanted to go to Kickstarter, this 2020 kicked our ass, and, and just honestly, we, we really needed to go to Kickstarter, just from a logistical standpoint, it's the only way that this made sense. Um, and I didn't want to take v- v- VHS Invasion, to Kickstarter. Um, the second book I had was basically my, uh, I wanted to do my version of the Gore score, you know, a very uh, Chaz Balam's book series, um, you know, the creator, Deep Red, mm-hmm. Bangorian. Um, that's, that's an important book to me. It was one of the things that led me to, to even want to do Horror hounds um so i've always wanted to do a book like that and um i didn't want to i didn't want to do that book i didn't want to do the review book but i wanted to do like a version of it and that that's what i thought i was going to do but i just realized that there's too much there was too much work to in that um with the amount of research and stuff i for for the what i wanted to do with it and then the other one was the comic book and I kept looking at the comic book at, uh, book as, as something that was just way too big. Um, but the one thing that I knew I had was, we Aaron and I did a, a book for Tomart Publishing, uh, a guide to horror collectibles back in 2003. And then we launched Horror Hound in 05, and we've been doing, you know, our retrospectives feature comic books. Um, we've done comic book flashback kind of articles or other, other weird things for 15 years. Uh, and I just realized I've been developing a photo archive this whole time. Um, and, and something that most people may not know is I keep a, uh, I have a file. Anytime, anytime I have an idea for an article, I start, I start um, securing images for articles. Uh, re- recently we just did a piece on, um, Tiger Electronics. Those okay. images, those images for that article, I've been collecting for six, seven years. Um, I don't know when I'm going to do it. I just knew I was going to do it one day. Um, right now we're working on a piece. Um, I've been working with Aaron on a piece on the history of horror, uh, viewmaster, uh reels. Oh
0: my god! is <laughs> the,
2: yes, yeah, so Aaron, 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 came up with this one. And I, I think uh, it may have, came, it may have been part of the, uh, when, when he knew I was proceeding with the tiger electronics one, I, I think it was like a challenge. So we started working on that. And then all of a sudden vinegar syndrome just does a silent madness ViewMaster for their, I saw, for, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. For their black Friday. And I'm just like, I threw my arms up and I'm like, well, goddamn it. Like you, you wait for the moment. You're like, we're going to do this one day, we'll find out when. And now it's like Tiger Electronics got announced by Hasbro, I think it was that they were bringing it back. And it was like, boom, now we're going to do the article. And now Vinegar Syndrome does a stinking Viewmaster reel. Um, so it's those, those moments. So I never know when we're going to use something. So I've been collecting images and scans and stuff for, for 15 years plus. Um, so the image side wasn't it wasn't a scary prospect for me. It was more um, the scary prospect for me is doing the book and not having everything. And, um, and that's, that's to me is like, where I get really worked up. Like, I just don't want to miss something. I, if I say it's exhaustive and comprehensive, I want it to be, and I don't want, I don't want someone to call me up a month after the book hits stores and says, Hey, how come you didn't mention this book? And I'm like,
0: ah, (laughs) i made you cry well i um i wanted to give you a chance to uh just give a quick update um because this is called halftone horrors and you can find it on kickstarter and i wanted to give you a chance to give an update on the um what new perks and benefits you just added because you did mention that you added some new ones with the the sketches um and how how many days that um fans have to go ahead and back it
2: as of, this, as of this conversation, we have six days.
0: And this is on um, the December 9th, by the way, guys. The,
2: the, night, the night of September 9th, the uh, S- September 16th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is when it ends. Um, we're, I believe, 90, 93% funded.
0: Uh, um, 23, cool. a little over 23,000 of the 25 um, goal
2: yeah so we're very close um it, we had this really great moment um artist jason moore who i mentioned earlier who worked on uh you know halloween sleepy hollow um he had he had come up to me and um he wanted to help out with the kickstarter so one of the things he is doing is you can back a it's like an all-inclusive bundle it comes with the book we're, we're doing a horror home comic book all the variant covers um a t-shirt pen, all the it's basically if you want to back us to the full extent um plus he's doing 11 by 17 uh black and white inked artwork he'll do any horror icon you want it's a uh, it's that 's your be- choice, and there's some great examples on our uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, just at horrorhound um, of some of the stuff he he 's done, but the guy is brilliant, and on top of that i don't i don't know if it's sold, but we're we're, we're going to team up, and i I dabble in artwork so I, I actually designed a cover for uh, the comic uh, we 're going to make it as an exclusive that's gonna be sold um, through a particular retailer that hasn't been announced yet, but he's going to do the inking. It's gonna be 11 by 17 original artwork, and we're gonna, we're selling that. Um, We did have a Jason Evanson piece, but it sold out in, I think, five (laughs) seconds.
0: (laughs) As they do. (laughs) Yeah, they
2: do. Uh, But yeah, on top of that, we're still working it through. but there's all sorts of packages, stuff that comes with subscriptions to Horror Hound magazine, um, all inclusive packages that include the because we're doing the the Whore Hound comic book. Um it's gonna have, I think we're we doing a Kickstarter variant, a ex- Kickstarter exclusive cover, a retailer cover, a convention cover for when Horrorhound Weekend is able to return. Yeah. Um the retailer cover that uh is not yet uh, announced and then another cover that uh i don't i can't remember what we're gonna do with it but there's at least one more cover we're doing we're we're going what I call it we're giving it the dynamite entertainment treatment uh, <laughs> it's getting five variant covers
0: twenty variants
2: <laughs> it's good art
0: <laughs> i can see so i can i can see somebody like Putting, uh, uh, framing all of them and putting them like on their wall well, too. What
2: what was really exciting was we argued over whether or not to include a horror home comic because it's not a licensed movie comic. Um, but I just thought it it made sense. Like if we're going to do a book about comics, let's do a comic book.
0: And well, and, and the and the 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 horror hound itself is iconic and is a character. Like he shows up in everything.
2: Yeah, we've, it's it's really funny, because we've, we've, it, Aaron always said he's our, uh, he's our Eddie from Iron Maiden, so we have to treat him like that, and um, so we, he's always been on the t-shirt for our, our, our conventions, he's always, he's in every issue of the magazine, but the funny thing is, he's been turned into an action figure, and he's been turned into a bobblehead and a mask, and all sorts of stuff, and we're working out a deal right now. Um, next year, we're gonna introduce a horror Hound tiki mug. Um, so we have some cool stuff, but we've never done the comic book. And uh, what's really shocked me was people have, people have really responded well to the comic book to the point where I think we've technically sold as many comics as we've sold books. <laughs> Um, so I think that there's interest there that, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be digging back into this character uh, for a comic book return.
0: Maybe someday we'll do an animated movie. That would be (laughs) badass.
2: You, you, you know, there's an animated short, (laughs) We, we did a live action short. We did a live action horror hound short that featured an animated horror hound and uh we screened we screened it in 2012 and i don't know why we've never done anything with it but i, I gotta i gotta bring it up in, a, in our next meeting and find out where it is and why the heck it's sitting in a drawer somewhere
0: <laughs> yeah no doubt well Nathan, thank you for uh coming on the show everybody go to um kickstarter.com and look up half tone horrors
2: Back- we also Oh, sorry. We we also created halftonehorrors.com to make it easier for people oh, to find. Oh there you it. go. Yep.
0: Yeah, that makes it way easier cuz you can get lost in the in the nether's of of Kickstarter cuz there's <laughs> a lot. But um Go to halftonehorrors.com and find um, back the project. Find out all the goodies that are there. Um, it an absolutely beautiful book. Um, just looking at the cover just makes me happy. It's just gorgeous. I had no idea there was a, uh, Luke, a Fulci zombie comic. I mean, just oh. just that stands out to me right now. Um, and you go through all of them. You go. He uh, this goes back to like Hammer. Hammer has its own section, which you know props forever <laughs> to my Hammer guys and
2: earliest comic that i think is in the book is from 1939
0: well i'm looking at the page right now and i see the um original universal monsters comics Mm -hmm. in here and these are just gorgeous i i um again you you know this is just a beautiful book and um, i love how you took like the 28 days later page and it's all red (laughs) that's just fantastic
2: there there are so many 28 days later comics it's it's
0: ridiculous i know i remember um i think i got sent a box from um to review of comics from i think it's dell is it dell was published Who was published in those Um,
2: 28 days later it should have been boom
0: yeah boom it was boom they sent me a box and literally out of the six graphic novels they sent me i think four of them were 28 days later comics like it was saying I'm like Christ really (laughs) but well thank you again Nathan um everybody go back this it's a beautiful book you'll want to keep it forever um it's a great collectible it's also a great uh Christmas present it may not be out in time for Christmas which I'm pretty sure it won't be but it's nice to put like a picture of the book I in, a, in I, an envelope <laughs> do,
2: you, do you do you think i should make a, a christmas card for the book for people who want to buy it as you a christmas
0: should. card oh a printable
2: christmas card i thought i thought about it and i Dude. didn't know it was stupid
0: no <laughs> no printable christmas cards so they can just get it in their stocking and be like this is coming <laughs> of that what the hell is wrong with you do that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've just still, uh, de-evolved into into just not professional at all now. You know,
2: I, I can do it. Just do it. Me, go do it.
0: Do it. Okay, everybody. So you now you have no excuse. You have to go buy it before Christmas so you can get this printable Christmas card he's going to make and <laughs> cut it into the stocking to let people know this is coming and this is what I got you. There you go. The end. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for um, listening to this episode of Fangirl Radio. And um, again, halftonehorrors.com. Go check out the book, buy the book, um, back the book, get all the goodies that you can on this. It's a beautiful, beautiful book, and there's going to be more coming. And uh, help support Horror Hound Magazine. Thank you, Nathan.
2: Thank you. <laughs>
0: Don't say I'm so sad. Say goodnight, I, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> goodnight. night, Nathan. <laughs> You're going to do that. Um, do you have, uh, um, uh, did you want to plug any uh, additional things really quick?
2: Um, we have a magazine.
0: <laughs> we have a magazine. We do have a magazine. This was all going to be about the book, but we do have a magazine and we do have an upcoming issue coming. Um, sure. Plague or no plague.
2: Yeah, yeah, you and I have a call to make because uh it's our video game issue.
0: Oh yeah, that's gonna be huge. Yeah. Yes. I have I, mean, I have an end with something that I think you're gonna like on that. I can't talk about it because
2: Yeah, we <laughs> one of one of our uh proof editors asked what's going on with the magazine and I said, I'm busy with Kickstarter right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I got to get to it. It's going to be a, I mean, it's a, it's an intense issue.
0: Oh yeah. No, um, I've, I've got a, I've got a good one for it for sure. Cause.
2: But it's got a, a Castlevania retrospective, which is big.
0: Oh my God. That's going to be amazing. That's not big at all right now on Netflix. Nah.
2: <laughs> no, not at all.
0: Um but yes, uh we do have a magazine that is on uh, the new issue. When's the new issue hitting because it's is it going to be the January issue?
2: Um well, ever because of COVID, <laughs> bookstores shut down for the equivalent of 2 months and <laughs> backed everything up. Um so we've been we've been very weird about how to handle the issues because we we contractually couldn't skip an issue. In, in a perfect world, I would have just skipped an issue um, just to catch up. But the reality is we've just been uh, picking up an extra week every issue uh, until we catch up. So uh, because we normally title them by months, our months are adding up. So this is actually our its – we're called the winter 2020 issue, which <laughs> – which was a very scary thing to call because some people call winter January. Yeah, I don't think I don't know winter. Does winter exist at the end of the year anymore?
0: I think so. well depends on <laughs> on if you believe in global warming.
2: <laughs> maybe I maybe I should have called it winter 2021. Um, twenty twenty one. Um, I mean twenty slash twenty one. Uh, but yeah, it's it's basically the 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 November December issue, but it it's shipped. It's um. People should be getting it in their mailbox any day now. Uh, I'm a little surprised it hasn't arrived yet, but it's...
0: Well, it's not like it's Christmas.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, I, then I, who knows what's going on with the mail. It's been so bad all year, but then last issue, everything showed up so quickly, it was shocking. It was uh,
0: crazy. I think I got the issue prior, and then the... the, the- that it, The current uh, current issue within five days of each other.
2: Oh, it was, it was insane. But this one, uh, this is our vintage horror magazine. We theme them all. So this is uh, issue 86, which shipped, which is shipped as Invisible Man on the cover, Invisible Man retrospective, and a lot of uh, coverage of, of films like Nosferatu and uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and stuff hey. like that
0: yeah i can't wait by the way at some point soon in my lifetime hopefully the um doug jones nosferatu movie is supposed to be coming out that's happening supposed to they filmed
2: supposed.
0: it <laughs> they filmed it <laughs> he's done it it's the be- uh,
2: that was made by the same guy that did his caligari uh, remake right? i believe
0: yeah uh-huh and uh i i interviewed both doug and the director On my show, and I think it was. This is how long I've been waiting for this damn thing. It's like three or four years ago, Mm. and I'm still waiting for this movie. (laughs) But um, but, yeah,
2: yeah. We. I just. uh, I just did an interview with um, Elliot uh, Fulham from the. He has a YouTube channel. He interviews uh, mostly uh, heavy metal musicians and stuff like that. Really good really good kid. Um, His parents run Little Punk People. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he's in Terrifier 2, which got shut down during COVID. And after the interview, I was talking to him and just asking questions about, like, so how long was it shut down and how badly were everyone freaking that F out because uh, you're a kid (laughs) who's still growing? (laughs) And I had, I had just read about, I just watched the new mutants Mm -hmm. and um, someone had asked me why they never shot the, the, the reshoots. They were going, you know, they discussed they were going to reshoot some of the movie and I, I didn't know the answer to that. And I like, I like research. I find it fun. So I was like, I'm going to look into that. And I found out it's because it sat on the shelf for almost three years that the actors grew to they they aged a little bit too much they they just couldn't have oh really yeah good
0: no it's it was on the on the shelf i remember when i first saw the trailer for that and we were like super excited and then nothing happened for ever
2: yeah
0: and they but finally it, just shoved it out there doing during that movie was cursed
2: i <laughs> liked it i really liked it i thought it was um i thought it was true to the the origins i just thought it was really funny that they just determined that these actors who were all you know around 18 years old when they made the movie um could not pull off 18 anymore
0: well that the the girl um that's in queen's gambit she still looks the same
2: oh she's playing a teenager in queen's Gambit. yeah i don't <laughs>
0: He looks exactly the same. (laughs) Where is that from? And then um, um, Aria, uh, uh, she still looks the same. She's like,
2: yeah,
0: I don't anyway. But um, so, guys, thank you for listening to the episode. I go go back this and definitely support um, support us at Horrorhound. Check out horrorhound.com. Be sure to buy the magazine. Um, and uh, eventually, this is the the bad times are going to be over, and we will be back with Horrorhound weekend in person. Um, and we'll get to see each other in person again and go hang out. And I will, um, you know, buy you a drink. <laughs> So again, thank you, Nathan, for joining us. And guys, uh, I see you. Um, I promise there are going to be more of these uh, upcoming now that things have kind of settled. Uh, I will be doing more episodes. I promise more regularly, more than once a month. Um, so again, thank you, guys. And um, we'll see you uh, in 2021. Oh, my God. We made it. We kind of made it. Kind of. Should I Should I jinx it and say we've made it, even though it's not over
2: Uh, i got too much i I hear too much i hear too much there's it's (laughs) it's too soon
0: (laughs) all right guys thank you again for listening and we'll see you next time on fangirl radio